Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Myatt Fuels, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, and we are off and running on a Tuesday afternoon, a glorious one at that. Hope you uh, are able to get out maybe, leave work a little early, see what's going on. A little windy, a little windy out there, but I uh, think you'll enjoy it. And, in fact, earlier today, went out and uh, played some tennis and uh, had some. It, it, it was a, a win-by-two situation, Aaron, and I know, you know, that's one thing. You love hearing when I, we start a show is kind of how my tennis matches go. I know you've always asked me to do more of that kind of thing at the, at the start of shows. I know uh, our management wants me to talk more tennis as well. Uh, Aaron, I was able to get it to a 7-6 lead. And then with Son in my playing partner's eye, having trouble getting his serve over because of the Sun, he, uh, he struggled with the serve, and then I was able to finish him off with an 8-6 win. Sometimes I almost remember there used to be things you have to do like tiebreaker rules and stuff like that. Coach Woodson can brush us up on that. Aaron, are you familiar with tennis tiebreaker rules? I, I used to know all that, and quite honestly now I just kind of win by two at all costs and avoid the tiebreaker. The, the tiebreaker. Do you know how to do a tiebreaker, like the scoring for it? Uh, a bit spin a ball, uh, yes, but – I'm a little rusty. <laughs> I call, haven't watched call. a lot of tennis lately. Yeah, because you can be up like 4-1. It's not like you're it, – but then you it's the first person to – and you got to win by two, of course. But those tiebreakers can go for a while, and it's the first person. Somebody text us in on the uh, CNC collision line if you can remind me how to do a tiebreaker. I, I guess I could Google this or something. But um, anyway, I, I've been way into tennis – and the Dallas Open was recently uh, happened, and, and so that was kind of cool for the Metroplex to get some great tennis again. And in fact, uh, Baylor's own Jensen Brooksby was was I think in the final of the Dallas Open, and maybe he got beat in the final. But uh, just really fun. I also saw today, Aaron. You know how much I get into men's and women's golf at Baylor. I love you know Mike McGraw's great friend. And I love what the women's program's done. Uh, Jay Goble and his bunch, really, really strong group that he's built. In fact, they may end up being, even heading into the season, they could be maybe the top ten in the country. Men are a little bit more of an X factor. We don't know exactly what they're going to have. I'll say this, though. At that Laredo Open that we were talking to Mike McGraw about that the other day, Aaron, it finished up today, and the Bears had a – Fifth place overall finish by, by one guy, Luke Morgan. And then their best player, their number one player, uh, Johnny Kiefer, finished ninth, and he just had a rough day. He was, like, basically tied for first in the tournament through the first couple of days. Had, like, a 68, 69, was playing great, and he, and he shot 81 today. 
not like Johnny. Johnny is very steady. So I don't. I looked, and he had a couple of triples. That'll do it, Aaron. The uh, the Mosley boys have been known, and we'll include the Logston boy in this. Uh, have been known to uh, maybe not take triple bogeys. You know, it's it's like that. That's not with our handicaps. We're not supposed to take triple bogeys. I, I think that's what we try to tell ourselves. Obviously, we should be taking those triple bogeys, but the dub, double bogey limit can make a round go a lot quicker and more enjoyable because no one falls completely out of it. Uh, I, I I tend to, if I have a blow-up hole, I could really fall apart mentally. I know that, Aaron, that, that shocks you given how calm I am most of the time. But it, on the golf course, Aaron, am I always calm? I guess I am most of the time. But I uh, this is uh, this but, but I was just excited because the Bears finished fourth in that tournament and really could have even finished better. But Johnny just had a rough day, and some of the other players kind of rallied. I thought Reppy rallied today. He was he he was steady through this tournament. They're just going to have to fill out the 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 back of that team. When I say back, that's not a, a bad thing. It's just they need the depth. So they're really going to have to decide on their top four or five. They got one of the Dossett brothers, and he did not – I don't know why he wasn't playing in this thing. I meant to ask Mike the other day. But uh, the younger, one of the younger Dossett brothers is on the team. But this Luke Morgan played great and ends up fifth. And, uh, Aaron, this will our, our, our buddies who listen to us that are way into golf, like, uh, oh, like Ben Hagens and some of those guys, they'll be happy to know. I don't know if they'll be happy or not. But – a team that was great when those guys were playing the late 60s, early 70s was the University of Houston, and that lasted actually into the 80s. Houston was great in the mid-70s and late 70s, early 80s. Freddie Couples played there, and, they, I mean, they had great, great teams at the University of Houston. Houston just dominated this tournament. The, 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 it was like the, the top two players of Houston tied for the championship of this Laredo, the Border Olympics in Laredo. And then you look like five spots down, there's another Houston player. The The bad news on that, Aaron, is the Houston Cougars are about to join the Big 12, right? And so a little worried about the uh, – I didn't think they would be quite that good. Now, lots going on. Remember, tomorrow at 410, we always have our bank shots. That's always fun. Yesterday we announced a, a new uh, partner of ours which was the uh, Baylor Line Foundation. Alan Holt came on with us. And today at 420, we do have our weekly appearance from Nikki Collin, Baylor women's coach Nikki Collin. Aaron, are you excited about that, to have Nikki back? Now, last week we had Coach Tony. Boy, I love Tony. Tony, was, Tony Green was really good. But uh, be fun to have Nikki back on. Are you excited to hear from Nikki, Aaron? I am. They're playing really well. Right now, the uh, sweep of Texas, and then the uh, you know the win over West Virginia. So looking forward to hearing from her. I didn't know TCU was that bad. Did you? Have you looked at the standings? I hope I have this right. TCU is two and ten in Big Twelve play. Aaron, I thought TCU was a decent team. They were when Jeff Mitty was still the coach. When he moved yeah, on, I, it's it's been downhill since then. Has Slo- it? It's been I sl- like this Reagan kind of Peebly. I like the girl, the woman who replaced him. I kind of like her, and I and I they had some success in what we call the WNIT. 
in, in recent years. I thought they were going. I thought they were actually doing okay. I know what you're saying about Mitty. Where did our man Mitty end up? Is he at Kansas State? Yes. Okay. I think you just said that. I probably just repeated you. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jeff Mitty. That name rings a bell, and uh, it's because he used to be at TCU, and because back in the day, I remember Michael Irvin's niece played for the TCU basketball team. For some reason, that uh, that that came came back to me. Okay, big news, Aaron. Do we have the breaking news sounder? Can you? Um, I, I think even though this happened much earlier today, I think it's a momentous enough occasion that we may need the breaking news sounder. Aaron, can you uh, can you hit the button? There it is. There it is. Aaron, I'll go ahead and handle this one, even though you know this one well. <laughs> We've been hearing about it um, in various places, including our air. Mac Rhodes has said, hey, it's done. The contract is done. But today, Baylor actually put out a press release, a formal announcement. And, and, and this is interesting because we didn't exactly know how long it was, although Aaron, my educated guest, turned out when we had Mac on the other day, turned out to be right on the money. The contract has been extended to 2029 for Dave Aranda. And Dave will be with us for a long time, hopefully. I mean, you know, they can obviously leave early sometimes, or but uh, hopefully, hopefully there's a large buyout, all those kinds of things that you put in. And uh, the good news is, you know, Max always had the policy when we've talked to him about it. He doesn't try to do, like, enormous he, – he, he wants people who want to be here. And the great thing is about Aranda is he truly wants to be here. So I don't think he's someone you have to handcuff. I mean, as much as I like Matt Rule, Matt Rule was out interviewing every chance he got. I, Aranda just has really shown no interest and in kind of – I think he thinks, hey, I'm a great fit here. And we think he's a great fit. Now, that sounded like I was being a little bit um, snarky or, or, or unkind to Rule. The truth is, what Rule did with one of the, uh, the biggest scandals in college football in a long, long time was, uh, was amazing. Okay? He, he flat, the, the, the team flatlined, went 1-11, and then he brought it back, got a bowl game, then goes to the Sugar Bowl before he leaves. It was one of America's great turnaround stories. And, uh, and what Aranda's done after the weird COVID year, he's continued to build on a lot of those players' rule and his staff uh, brought in. Now, I, I should also say I, I hope some money was left over, and I know Dave cares a ton about his staff. A big part of this is keeping the staff together. These coaching staffs are so important. I cannot overstate, it would be impossible to overstate how important Jeff Grimes was. I've, I hear a story almost daily on what Grimes has meant to this program. So that was a huge addition. You give credit to Aranda for getting it right. I mean, obviously, he made the wrong hires, then he made the right hires. And, and, and what Grimes and Mateos did in coming in from BYU, uh, thank God goodness i mean that was great but uh, lots of excitement and and the other news that uh, was out there was that um the the baylor does have their uh, first game of the year opponent we were kind of waiting because some things had changed on that that la tech game that was supposed to begin the year ended they they canceled that for whatever reason 
And so, Aaron, hit the uh, reach over there if you don't mind. Let's do breaking news again. The Baylor Bears will play on September 3rd. They will open the season at McLean Stadium with the Albany Great Danes. All right, Aaron, I think we need, we need some, like, applause or something. We need to buy. I like, I like it when we get the big applause. Oh, here they are. There they are. Yes. Very exciting. The, the Great Danes. And, Aaron, you'll be happy to know. I used to spend time on the uh, on the Great Dane campus. They're on the Albany campus. You may, well, why was Mosley hanging out in Albany? That was my question, yes. Aaron, do you say Albany or Albany? Albany. Okay. Is that incorrect or? I don't know. I, I was just thinking about it. I feel like I've heard it both ways. I feel like maybe people in New York say Albany, but I've always said Albany. Anyway, uh, there's an Albany, Texas as well, and an Olney, Texas. But let's get back to the task at hand. The, the reason I was spending my summers late, you know, kind of uh, early August, I would end up on the Albany campus was because the Super Bowl champion New York Giants held their, their uh, uh, training camp there for years and years. It ended in about 2012 when they got that new stadium and they had more room there, and so they just kind of kept everybody at home. But – for all those years, it was in Albany, and you'll recall there was a 2007 um, Giants title, and then they got another one in about 2011, maybe. And uh, so I was going to Albany every summer, spending time with Tom Coughlin and Aaron. And this will, this kind of sounds like a, a name drop type situation, but whatever. We're already departing <laughs> down this road, but. I, one of my interviews, they lined it up and they said, okay, we're gonna, we've got some time for you to get some one-on-one time with Eli, Eli Manning, of course. And they said, but the only weird thing is Eli's got to go somewhere. Would you be cool with Eli, like, giving you a ride back to your hotel and you all can talk during that time? So we met at the right outside where they have the cafeteria where the players meet and uh, eat and all that. And and I got in the car, and um, Eli drove me. And I, I was trying to remember what vehicle we were in, if whether it was mine or where Eli, because, I, you know, I usually am having to write things down. But, but the way I remember it is Eli took me back to where I was staying. And, um, and so, <laughs> anyway, that was the, uh, those were the days. Albany, and that was the Albany campus. And you remember, Aaron, the, um, at the time, the, the Cowboys had a – and then, he, of course, he became the head coach of the Dolphins. Sadly, he passed away a, a few years ago. But Tony Sperano, um, his, he, he was the uh, head coach at the Dolphins at the time. Both of his sons played at Albany and then became coaches there. So that's probably all you kind of wanted to know, Aaron, about – Albany, it's called the University at Albany, but uh, that is, uh, there's a little history. That's who Baylor's playing on September 3rd. All right, it's um, it's all out there now. We've shared all the news with you. Dave Aranda, later in the program, uh, Kevin Longquist is going to join us, and we also have a longtime Sports Center host from ESPN, Bristol proper, uh, big ESPN, we like to call it, 
Kevin Connors. Now, you may have seen Kevin. He hosts a lot of the uh, Big 12 and then the studio shows at like halftime of the Baylor game or whatever. They'll go back to uh, Seth Greenberg and those guys, and sure enough, they're Con- Kevin Connors will be hosting those shows. That is who we're going to talk to at 520 today. Really cool show. Very excited about it. And uh, But Nikki Collin, the women's coach for the Baylor Bears, joins us next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Increasing clouds tonight with a little drizzle and a few sprinkles developing overnight. Lows fall to 57 degrees. It'll be mostly cloudy tomorrow with a 30% chance of showers and a little drizzle, 73. And by tomorrow night, at 80% chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm or two with a low of 56. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Baylor Baseball, all season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Coach Ron and the Bears opening the new season with a three-game series at Baylor Ballpark this weekend against Maryland. Games Friday at 6.30, Saturday at 3, and Sunday at 1. Coach Ron and the Bears all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. America is at a crossroad, and Texans have answers. The Democratic Party defames law enforcement and defunds police, and that's created a nationwide crime crisis. Right now is the time to stand against the Biden-Pelosi tyrannical agenda. They're crushing the rule of law and the Second Amendment. Hello, I'm Congressman Pete Sessions representing the 17th Congressional District of Texas. I will be on your ballot this March 1st as your conservative Republican congressman. I'm a lifetime member of the National Rifle Association and won their endorsement, along with the Texas State Rifle Association. With your help, the Republican Party will regain the majority in Congress and reclaim the rule of law. I'm Pete Sessions, and I approve this message. Political advertisement paid for by Pete Sessions for Congress. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetProvidenceCare.com. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. ESPN Central Texas is 1660 AM, 92.3 FM, and 100.9 FM. 
ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. ProStar Rental, they make work easier. 54th District Judge Susan Kelly here. Over a year ago, I survived a rigorous application process in which I competed against other serious qualified candidates. After a thorough vetting, Governor Greg Abbott appointed me to the 54th and now endorses me because I apply the rule of law and deliver justice for all. A conservative Republican, I have managed to move the docket this past year, ensuring that every accused receives justice and if convicted, receives swift and proper punishment. Early voting has started. Please vote and keep Judge Kelly. Political ad paid for by Susan Kelly from a Clinton County Judge campaign. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at PioneerBoys.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weich with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Baylor's Nalissa Smith was named Big 12 Player of the Week. Also, Baylor senior guard James Akinjo was named Big 12 Conference Newcomer of the Week. In the Big 12 last night, Kansas beat Oklahoma State 76-62, and Kansas State beat West Virginia 78-73. Big 12 basketball tonight has number 20 Texas at Oklahoma and Iowa State at TCU. UMHB basketball moves that winning streak to eight games now with a win over Concordia last night, 82-73. Dallas Mavericks back in action tonight at Miami. Tip is at 6.30. And Baylor softball also back in action tonight at Stephen F. Austin. First pitch at 6.30, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It is our weekly appearance from Nikki Collin, Baylor women's basketball coach. And uh, it's, uh, boy, you never really can take a full deep breath, Nikki, during the season. But after surviving that stretch where you had the, oh, my gosh, three games, five days. Uh, and then, I mean, it just, do you, it, it, when you get like three days between games, does it now feel like almost a, like a vacation, I mean, as opposed to the, what do we end up calling it? Four games in eight days, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, four games in eight days, you know. <laughs> and at one point, when we played that second Texas game, and I, I, I'd i seen people write three and three and six, I'm like, you got to do the math. That's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That was three games <laughs> in five days. And, That's right. Uh, you know, with, with very little prep. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think getting back, I mean, we're caught up. We're caught up in the standings. There's, you know, there's a couple teams, um, Kansas State and uh, Oklahoma State, that have played one more game. But we've basically caught the field in terms mm-hmm. of um, total number of games played. And, the, and then, you know, we go typical schedule from here on out. I mean, it would be great to say that our bye week was, was now instead of basically March, right before our last game, yeah. um, to give ourselves a bigger 
deep breath, but yeah, I mean, this still feels normal. Now we're in normal two-day prep between games and and uh, a real day off on Sunday, and so yeah, it feels definitely more normal. All right, I, the uh, the Kansas State game, uh, the, you know, obviously you didn't like how that first one went, and uh, I would say that, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously you just need to win. It wasn't really about avenging anything, but my goodness, you put you all put it on K State, and this is a player in I believe her nickname they call her Yoki, but Ioka, the six uh, six uh, young woman there from Kansas State who's been so dominant. I mean, I think you all ended up holding her to eight points in that game. I mean, it's pretty remarkable considering what uh, what she's capable of. She put 61 on a uh, really good OU team. What uh, what was your strategy? Obviously, she got in some foul trouble and everything. But what what did uh, what, what what did you do going in, and and did it basically work exactly like you planned? Yeah, I mean, it did. I think that we took the approach. Um, we took a little bit more of a uh, Texas Longhorn approach, to be honest. I know our fans don't want to hear that, but, you know, we were we were a little kamikaze. You know, we were crazy ball pressure. Um, you know, we were denying one pass away everywhere, and we fronted her. You know, we felt like we needed to disrupt timing. We needed passes. We're smaller at every position um, except the four against them. I mean, their guards are all six foot tall. Um, she's six foot six, and so – you know, we had to heat them up. I mean, we had to be aggressive with our ball pressure, aggressive with our denial. You know, we needed those passes in the post to be two inches short or two inches long, you know. And so, you know, our plan, you know, was, was to be aggressive, to make them uncomfortable. And we did that, you know. We, were we lucky enough to get, like, a little bump foul on her? You know, we got an offensive foul, um, which in the last game I thought, you know, should have been called multiple times. And, and we got one of those early. And, you know, then you get one of those ticky-tack fouls when one of our guards driving through the lane, and she's sitting there with two, um, you know. And then our pressure, our, um, you know, got her a little out of her game, you know, to where, um, you know, she had the offensive foul uh, with the whole world watching and, you know, was talking as she was doing it. And so that, you know, we we just made her uncomfortable. We made them uncomfortable, and, you know, we just did a good job of getting the ball to the high post early against the zone, making some shots and then playing inside out. And, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I've said from the beginning, I don't think we're a team um, that you should be able to consistently zone. I'm not saying our, we, we don't, our shooters aren't going to have off nights, but, mm-hmm. you know, we put enough good pieces on the floor to be really effective against zones because, you know, we can play to the high low game with bliss. We um, can, make threes and so you know it's a little bit of everything you know whether it was um avenging a loss you know i just feel like you know we we, we played that last game against them with I mean, we traveled with seven five of the seven basically tested positive the next day after we played yeah. so we just we didn't have any energy when we played them so it was good to just simply see us you know what we could look like playing them you know with energy yeah, this is a, this conference is so fascinating to me because it's like oh you had that uh, I know that was a gut wrenching loss for for your team and then they turned around and just get waxed um, you know after that you just never know but it just it does seem like after that loss Nikki we haven't really talked since that the, the you know after all that and then the wins after that that boy this thing could have gone either way do you think in some ways you never want to you would rather learn after close wins than losses. 
But did that loss end up having what you feel like might be a galvanizing effect on your team? Because what y'all did against Texas, that's sort of unheard of to, to win, you know, two games in three days. And, and, then, uh, and then you've just continued to build on this. Looking back, do you think maybe at the end of the season or even now you'll look back and go, hey, that was a defining moment for us? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I hope so in some ways. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm, I'm quite that deep. I think sometimes there's aha <laughs> moments like where things come together and you go, okay, yeah. that's, that's how it can and how it should look. Or, um, wow, like I can get mine and you can get yours. We can all, you know, we can all eat, you know, and, um, and, and be really good individually and collectively um you know i think that game um you know i caught some flack for for being honest after the game you know about how tough that day was against ou the weather um you know constantly getting updates on when they were going to get here and, and this and that what i was trying to do is say like i feel like we did the right thing in prioritizing you know the ou players health and safety giving them enough time after they got off the bus to, to warm up and and and, and i know that People think that, okay, we had all the advantage because they'd been on a bus for four hours. But anyone in sports, anyone knows that sometimes what can bind a team is this us-against-the-world mentality. You know, so mm-hmm. you, you've been on a bus for six, eight hours, and, you know, you get taped on the bus, you roll off the bus, and it's like, we're all we got, you know. And, and there's almost this camaraderie and attitude of we got nothing to lose, let's just play for each other. Um, we're supposed to lose. We've had all this adversity. And, you know, o- OU's obviously a tough matchup for us. I mean, there's, um, you know, how they stretch the floor, their small ball, how many threes they shoot. Um, you know, we, we if we're going to beat them in the, the, the Big 12 tournament and hope we get another chance, you know, we, we, have to, we have to be better. We have to be better executing against their zone. Um, I always say, like, it's really easy for me when teams play man-to-man um to get list shots it's really easy for me to get her shots in man to man i can screen for i can move her around i can move her inside i can move her outside uh, which is kind of what we did when we played texas um but when a team plays us the majority of zone you gotta you gotta work in teams you know you gotta work sometimes and so continuing to get our team to understand where those teams are and so that you know we we can continue to play to and through um list will be important for us against them you know um we dominated them inside in the first game. Um, we didn't as much, I thought, as we, we could and should the second time. So, you know, we're still learning, you know. I mean, this team is still learning. And I think, um, you know, I won't put too much into one game or the other. I think we came out of that OU game. We didn't even practice for Texas. We did a walkthrough. I mean, um, that game took a lot out of us. You know, we started it an hour late. Um, we played a lot of minute players a lot of minutes. So the day before Texas, you know, it was truly a walkthrough, like, we're doing recovery. You guys are getting in cold tubs. We're going to watch a little film, and we're going to walk through what they do. And so I, I felt really proud of how they dialed in to the game plan. Um, you know, obviously, as a staff, you don't get any sleep in that scenario because I certainly couldn't move on from OU um, and start working on Texas until that game was over. And so, you know, kind of working around the clock, I feel like you can get your team prepared in 45-minute walkthrough um, for a big rivalry game. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure in that. I mean, I think people were like, oh, are you so excited to be Texas? I'm not sure if I was more excited or more relieved, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Happy for my team, you know, really happy for my team and my staff and, the, you know, our, our fan base. Um, but in a lot of ways for me, the how fast and furious it came 
it was just a sense of relief a little bit that, you know, we, we were able to kind of pull off what we did. Yeah. Uh, hearing you say that, you know, reminds me of, I think that's what Bill Parcells used to say. And we would sort of ask him like, where's the joy in this? Like, where's the, the fun or the, you know, and, and, and that, that's a little bit what he would say is just like, yeah, it's, it's not so much a fun. It's, it's just a relief when you win. And, um, and yeah, sometimes that's, that's, uh, that's how it is. And different coaches have different perspectives, but uh, that's, it's kind of a fascinating uh, way to, to think about it. Now, this is, um, and it's been fun, by the way, some of the crowds of students have really gotten into it. One thing I'd like to see, because I noticed that the Baylor club kind of had like a pregame tailgate for the women. There's too much time in between those games. Like you should have mm-hmm. 11 a.m., awesome, you know, huge crowd, excited to beat Texas. Any Anytime you all play Texas, you've already learned it's a big deal with us. And mm-hmm. it, But then, you know, just have some fun, like maybe an hour or 30 minutes between, whatever, <laughs> and then just go with the next game. I know – I know these things are oh, scheduled. Oh, you know, in you advance. and I think that way. Fans think that way. Coaches think that way. We're, but we're also when you when you live in this world we're in, you think about all the implications for, you know, marketing and um, fan engagement and all of that. And it's oh, yeah. it's not always quite as simple as, you know, okay, you've got men's basketball season ticket holders and women's basketball season ticket holders, and you have parking, you know situations and so i think that those true double headers freak the heck out of facilities and um <laughs> you know that type of thing you know and and, and so I, i'm with you from a hey let's just keep that at least half that men's crowd on for our game now i will say this our our crowd for that five o'clock tip was awesome like it was um i was i was really really impressed it wasn't nearly as big a student crowd as, as we had for texas which i know there's no surprise and that was friday night um, but for a Saturday five o'clock game, that was um, a really, really great crowd. And you know, you talk about the fun part and stuff like that in sports and, and this idea of relief. You know, one of the, one of the great things for for me, one of the things that was most fun about going down um, to Texas and winning was the amount of the amount of fans that traveled or that lived down there and came yeah. out to that game because you know one of one of um, <laughs> kind of a, a and, and I know, I mean, people have realized, like, you know, like you're certainly going to see um, fire and tenacity and, and that, but you're also going to see me smile during a game. It's just, I love my job. I'm passionate about it. You know, I, I have fun. Like nothing makes me happier than dialing up a good ATO and, and you know, our, our, our team executing and getting an easy one. And so, um, you know, but, but to be able to like, you know, kind of engage our crowd <laughs> Um, in Austin was, was a lot of fun for me. And there was a, there was a Texas fan right behind the scores table. Um, you know, we'd gone on a run and I, I, you know, raised my arms and gotten our, our crowd cheering in their building, which was, which was fun. That was fun. for me. <laughs> and, um, but it was so funny because there was a lady, cause I don't hear a lot that goes on in the crowd. I'm pretty like when a game goes on, like, you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm so uber focused that I usually miss that stuff, but it was at, at a free throw. And I think Texas might've been on like a four Oh run or a three Oh run. And they were at the foul line and you know, some, some lady in like the first or second row, Oh, you're going to try to get them to stand now. You can try to get them to stand now coach. How about now? You know? And I just, <laughs> I just looked and pointed and smiled at her. I thought it was great. Like, so, um, you know, that was as my staff likes to say, you're in your bag in that game, you know, but, um, 
you know, it, that, that sometimes is the fun, is the fun part. You know, I, I truly love kind of, um, the idea that I, I do get to coach a sport, um, for a living and there are fun moments and it doesn't make, it doesn't make the heartbreak any less, you know, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, I always say like the, the beauty in a, um, uh, you know, whatever in sports is like, you, you play Oklahoma and we obviously have a double digit lead and we had a double digit lead up there and, you know, they're going to put up stats all the time about how many double-digit deficits Oklahoma's come back from, and you're going to see Baylor on their list, you know, on all of those, but there's also six and seven other teams. Um, you know, but if that last basket goes, you know, you have a totally different feeling, you know. And you, yeah. it, it's like the, the difference in one point, you know, in in sports and basketball. Like, it's the, you know, the triumphant feel of winning and just the devastation of losing. And sometimes you think, oh, my gosh, that is that is the difference between one 18 to 22-year-old making one free throw, you know, or oh, one yeah. layup or – you know, and sometimes you just have to, you have to put perspective on that. Like, this is crazy, you know, that you, you feel like this, that, you know, um, and, but it's also what motivates you to get better. You know, I mean, there's, there's no question that, um, you know, when you lose those close games, like how motivated you are to, you know, do better. Yeah. And for, this is Nikki Collin, her weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley show ESP in central Texas uh, ATO. She's talking about after the timeout and uh, not the fraternity that has been showing up <laughs> at uh, quite That's a few awesome of these games. Well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, right here. We, uh, you know, we, <clears throat> I view things from the perspective of when I was in school and my ATO buddies, uh, I think about the time we were finishing up at Baylor, were banned from campus, and, you know, in your mind, you just assume they never came back. And so all these ATOs, to see them as, like, these great supporters of, of, of your program and basketball, I'm like, wait, the ATOs? What are they doing back on campus? <laughs> <laughs> but it um, seemed like a good bunch of dudes. And, uh, and, and, and sadly, I think my Fijis were, were banned here recently, but now back on campus doing some good things, as the Gams tend to do. Although, by the way, Coach, have you been to um, – trying to think, you hadn't been around that long enough to, to even go through. You did have – you were around for homecoming. Have you been to Pigskin or Seeing yet? No, no. Okay. All right. You need to – you need to. You and the family, you, you, you <laughs> really, that's one of those things you've got to do. I, w- I would recommend Pigskin because it's fewer acts, and that's, of course, okay. the, the big singing and dancing, all the fraternities and sororities put it on, and um, – it's a big deal for Baylor people, but when you try to explain it like to other people who didn't go to Baylor, it, it sounds very strange, and they don't they don't okay, really get it. Okay. But anyway, Fair. yeah, just just know the Fijis used to be very big time at that at, at the, uh, <laughs> three sings in a row, three sing victory. I think we sang every Lay Miz song. Okay, uh, last last thing I've I've got for you TCU coming up. Um, TCU struggled this season. A team that in recent years has has actually had some postseason success, and and uh, Coach Peebly seemingly had some things headed in the right direction. Um, this has just been a tough year, and they've had some very, very close calls. I actually think one of their wins was over Texas Tech. What is the uh, – what, what have you kind of seen about that team, and what is the uh, – when, when that team is performing well, what are they doing? Yeah, you know, interesting. Like, um, even watching them in the last week, you'd love to say at this point a team that's won six games, you know, is ready to uh, – um, just dial it in for the season, you know, and, but they're not, I mean, you know, they, they were in a tie game, one point lead, then one point down against Kansas. 
at Kansas in the last five minutes. Um, you know, they played Kansas State really well for 35 minutes. Um, you know, they're a team that's really deep. They play a lot of players. They play with a ton of energy. Um, you know, that's the thing that worries me the most. I mean, besides Lauren Hurd, who, you know, plays downhill, fifth-year senior. They've got a bunch of super seniors um, that have played in their system. Um, and so, you know, they're doing some new things. I went back and watched the Baylor game from the Big 12 tournament last night, you know, to see what they're running this year relative to last year. And they're definitely running offensively a lot of different stuff. Um, but, you know, they, they just they, – they have had a hard time putting 40 good minutes together. You know, they, they get 35 in or they played Iowa State just this weekend, you know, to, to like a two-point game at halftime or just short, shy of halftime. And I thought we're playing really, really well. And then, you know, Iowa State goes on to make 19 threes and, you know, the game gets away. And so they're still competing. They play with a lot of energy. Um, they mix man and zone. They mix presses. They mix types of zones. Um, they do a lot of – different things um, to keep you off balance. So our ability to kind of handle half-court traps, if they're in that, a regular 2-3, you know, understanding our game plan against that man-to-man, when they're going to switch, when they're not. It just They've got a lot of versatile pieces, you know, that in one possession, you know, they'll be playing the three, and then the next position they're in the post. And so, you know, our ability to communicate, get matched up, you know, will be really important um, against them. But, you know, Lauren Hurd, just a player that puts – puts downhill pressure on you, you know, goes to the line more than any player in the big 12, just, just is really always in attacking mode. And, and when she's making shots, then they become hard to guard. Well, it'll be fun. And, uh, and, and hoping, uh, uh, it's just, it's always, it's always, these games have been fun. Student support has been really good. And, uh, and that's, that's been very exciting. And Melissa, big 12 player of the week. I feel like it should be like the two weeks, whatever month, uh, 27, 28, 30, a 23 point game, a pretty, uh, pretty awesome stretch here. By the way, while we were talking, as we wrap things up, uh, coach, I did get a, uh, this is concerning that, uh, my 14 year old sent me a, a screen grab of Instagram and Baylor has just announced, formally announced the extension for Dave Aranda. <laughs> so, no good. I <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, I mean, so. I, I guess, I guess formally everyone always knew it, knew it was happening. Yes. yes. Yes, so these, it has you know come these down. private schools, we can keep things a little quieter around here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you, that's great. <laughs> all right, yeah. Would you mind? I don't think I have your contract numbers. Would you mind sharing those? Yeah, that, that would be. I'll just send those to you in a text. You know, I'll just give you the direct link. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, anyway, well, listen. Always, uh, always enjoy it and uh, appreciate it. And uh, good luck. Tomorrow night as the uh, team uh, continues to surge and uh, continued success to you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Matt. All right. It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas Campus Confidential is next. Baylor Big 12 Women's Basketball all season long. The Baylor women home in the Farrell Center Wednesday for a rescheduled game with TCU. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Wednesday on 104.9 FM. Baylor Women's Basketball all season long with Derek Smith and Sophia Young Malcolm. This Wednesday on 104.9 FM. 
The decisions made in our courtrooms have a lasting impact on all of us here in McLennan County. That's why the conservative leaders and organizations we trust are united in their support of Judge Ryan Luna. Judge Luna is endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Citizens for Pro-Life Action, Gun Owners of America, the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County, several of the most conservative members of the Texas legislature, and hundreds of grassroots conservative Republicans across the county. They, like you, know that the integrity of our courts depends on electing judges who will strictly interpret the law, hand down tough sentences, and never legislate from the bench. In the March 1st Republican primary, vote for a constitutional conservative for county court at law number three. Vote for Judge Ryan Luna. Early voting ends February 25th. To learn more, visit RyanLunaTX.com. Political ad paid for by the Judge Ryan Luna campaign in compliance with the voluntary limits of the Judicial Campaign Fairness Act. Have you been to Sam's Bar in Union Hall in downtown Waco yet? Serving originally inspired Texas-style craft drinks, offering wine, beer, vodka, and fruit juice drinks. Be sure to try one of Sam's signature cocktails like the Hatchback, a Dallas Daisy, and even some Summer Lovin'. Happy hours every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 with $2 off draft beer and cocktails, plus free chips and hot sauce. Sam's Bar Waco in Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue. And check them out online at samsbarwaco.com. Enjoy one-of-a-kind luxury and lounge at the Baylor Club, located in the heart of McLean Stadium. This elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs with a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality. Weddings, milestones, business, and birthdays, a stadium roaring with bear spirit featuring stunning city skyline views. Baylor Club truly has it all. For interest in membership or your next private event, call 254-710-888. 80. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at SyntexSportsFan.com. With tax season approaching, are you wondering how new laws could affect your financial portfolio? I'm Joe Kaleo with the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. If you're unsure about the effect tax legislation could have on your wealth, we can help you develop a plan that withstands change no matter what the season. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. Hello, I am Dennis Wilson, and I want your vote for March 1st for the Texas State Representative District 13. After serving the people of Texas for 46 years in county government, it is time for me to serve you at the state level. As a Republican candidate, I will work full-time to protect and preserve our rural Christian way of life in Texas by supporting our public schools, advocating for mental health services, protecting our Second Amendment rights and the unborn, eliminating drug and human trafficking, and securing our borders. Together, we can make Texans safe and secure again. Political ads paid for by the Dennis Wilson campaign. Since 1859, Baylor Lion Foundation has been helping you make the Baylor family better as an independent voice for Baylor students, alumni, and fans. Take part in that tradition by honoring some of the best and the brightest bears you know at this year's Hall of Fame Awards Ceremony. Join us for a night of celebration at 6 p.m. Friday, February 25th at the Baylor Club inside McLean Stadium. To see this year's honorees and purchase tickets, visit baylorlion.com slash krzi. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Lynch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Baylor's Nalissa Smith was named Big 12 Player of the Week. Also, Baylor senior guard James Akinjo was named Big 12 Conference Newcomer of the Week. 
in the Big 12 last night. Kansas beat Oklahoma State 76-62, and Kansas State beat West Virginia 78-73. Big 12 basketball tonight has number 20 Texas at Oklahoma and Iowa State at TCU. UMHB basketball moves that winning streak to eight games now with a win over Concordia last night, 82-73. Dallas Mavericks back in action tonight at Miami. Tip is at 6.30. And Baylor softball also back in action tonight at Stephen F. Austin. First pitch at 6.30, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. It's time for Campus Confidential. Thanks to Nikki Collin, her weekly visit. We always look forward to it, and our folks seem to react well to it. It is uh, uh, Aaron Sexton alongside, as always. Aaron, take it away. We talked about it a little bit in the first segment, but after leading Baylor to the Big 12 title and Sugar Bowl championship in his second season, Coach Dave Aranda has a new contract. It runs through the 2029 season. The uh, number's not available, obviously, because Baylor is a private institution, but Coach Aranda has signed an extension that will run through 2029. He was the AP Big 12 Coach of the Year. He was the George Munger National Coach of the Year, and now he will be a Baylor Bear for the foreseeable future. You know, it's um, it's a great day. I mean, it's a great sign for the program. It um, we we knew it had happened, and there were various reports. And then today was the day the Baylor kind of officially announced something. Apparently, they. Wanted to get a few things taken care of. There were some jobs and raises and, and, and promotions that they wanted to announce first. But uh, this is an exciting time yeah, to be able to retain Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda has become one of the most uh, celebrated coaches in the country, known for his defensive mind. He's put a really good staff together. I think Jeff Grimes has played an enormous role. Ron Roberts, of course, the defensive coordinator. Mateos has come in, done a nice job as the O-line coach. The O-line getting solidified provided the foundation for this team. And then as the as the year progressed, the other line, the defensive line, got better and better to the point where now the defensive line has to be considered an enormous strength for this team. In fact, you could argue that it's, it's the strongest part of next year's team. So I think the uh, – I think it's a uh, – major day a big day for Baylor and some excitement and you're right Aaron I they don't announce these things because it's a private school the uh, Board of Regents still has to ratify the contract it's going to go through 2029 I'll just say this Sark started at Texas his beginning salary is 5.2 million dollars Venables goes to OU and his starting salary is $7 million a year. I would have to think that Dave Aranda is going to be somewhere between those two. Uh, he's, he's obviously was a, was a highly, highly successful assistant, sort of like Sark in that respect, although Sark had been a head coach and had not done as well there. So I, I think probably but somewhere between 5 and $5.5 million a year. But... Uh, Dave is a very uh, 
he, he, he is a classy and modest person, and I don't think he wants the official number out there, but I think it would be safe to say it's somewhere north of $5 million a season, taking him all the way to 2029. Some of these deals have escalator clauses in it. I know Gundy's did, and it wouldn't shock me if uh, Dave Aranda had some of that. Uh, and, I, and, in fact, I saw his his agent for it was a few years ago. I don't know if he still has the same agent. A few years ago, he had a guy named, oh, goodness, I'd have to look, Jeremy Strong. That may be an actor. But uh, he was a, uh, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, we'll, we'll, get, we'll try to get the details for you. But the main thing is he's here till 2029. What else do you have, Aaron? In other Baylor football news, the Bears have added the Albany Great Danes to their 2022 football schedule. They announced today they will host Albany Saturday, September 3rd at McLean Stadium to kick off next season. Uh, they were originally scheduled to take on Louisiana Tech to open the season, but Louisiana Tech backed out of that and scheduled a road game against Missouri. So now Baylor will take on the Albany Great Danes to open the season at McLean Stadium Saturday, September 3rd. Their other non-conference games are on the road against BYU September 10th and then at home against Texas State September 17th. All right, home schedule is not as quite, quite as robust his last seasons, Aaron, didn't it feel like they had like eight home games last year? I mean, it just seemed <laughs> eight or nine, a lot yeah. of home games. And this this year there are six. One of them's Texas State. One of them now Albany, K-State, Kansas, TCU, and Oklahoma uh, State. There you go. There you go. The Pokes. That'll be a rematch of the Big 12 championship game, so it'll be fun. But they got to play OU on the road. they got to play University of Texas <coughs> on the road. So it'll be, a, it'll be a difficult schedule, to say the least. Yeah, but uh, still going to be fun. And uh, Albany kicks it off on September 3rd at McLean Stadium. And that was uh, so a little bit of breaking news because we didn't exactly know who they were going to play. They've got to deal with Albany. You say, what is Albany? Who is Albany? They are an FCS school. I looked at the size of their stadium where the game's not there, so I just was doing this for fun. But 8,500 people, okay? So it's not a not a large place, not a large stadium. FCS type uh, FCS school. What is FCS? Well, that's what, um, well, FCS. Is that Sam Houston State? Is that an FCS school? Yeah, that would be North Dakota State. Uh, I would guess would be an FCS. I sometimes got to make sure I get my Division Two, but Division Two is really not a thing anymore. Those are FCS schools. All right, Aaron, what else do you have for us? Former Baylor head coach Art Browse, according to Football Scoop, could be the next offensive coordinator at Grambling. A deal is not in place at this time, but according to Football Scoop, the school hopes to make an announcement this week. Grambling would represent Browse's first job in college athletics. Since his ouster from Baylor in 2016, he was hired briefly as the offensive coordinator of the CFL Hamilton Tiger Cats, spent 2019 coaching in Italy, then he was the head coach at Mount Vernon which is, and led them to the Class 3A Division I semifinals, but resigned shortly after that and has not coached since. That happened uh, the year before last. So according to Football Scoop, he's going to be 
or that Grambling is targeting him as their next offensive coordinator. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I don't think it'll happen. All right. The He's been also, at one point, they tried to hire him at Southern Miss. You said the CFL one. It's really hard to do it. It, it is an interesting. That would be an interesting hire at Grambling State. The Grambling, as we know it, a predominantly black school, a, a historically black, uh, black colleges and universities, HCBUs, uh, those are called. And it's great. It's got a, it, the, the program itself has a lot of history. They've struggled in recent years. But, of course, that's where Doug Williams played. That's where Eddie Robinson was a longtime coach. Hugh Jackson is going to be the head coach there. He was the coach of the Browns. It's a, it's a very, very famous school for a lot of reasons. But, I, I mean, some people, <laughs> Hugh Jackson in the last few weeks, you know, was talking about the, uh, the lack of uh, uh, diverse candidates, the lack of African-American candidates, the NFL. So some people are kind of laughing at the fact that Hugh Jackson, after saying all this and, uh, at a predominantly black university, would go hire Art Riles, who, if you didn't know, Art is a white guy. I... I, 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 it's this is a difficult story in a lot of ways because I, I, I knew Art pretty well and, and we've stayed in touch over the years. I have reached, reached out to Art. He has not commented. He's not gotten back to me is what I should say. And so I don't know if this is happening or not. I would say the tough thing for Art on this, people say, well, it's tough for Art. I get it. I get that when his name comes up, there's a lot of, uh, uh, it, it, it carries a lot of baggage with it. But I would imagine Art did not want this leaked. Art needs to basically already be hired before the news gets out. Because once the news gets out that Grambling's considering this, Grambling will get a fair amount of backlash on this. And, and then university officials will usually step in and go, no, you can't do this. And that's why Art needs these things to happen quietly in this case it didn't happen so quietly. Football Scoop, an interesting group. I, I like some of their stuff. They tend to, they don't always get things right. I don't think I'm stepping on any, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say that. So let's see where this thing lands. I'm just saying Football Scoop tends to kind of get out there before everybody, and sometimes their stories don't always seem to be accurate. Accurate. All right, uh, let's... Uh, Continue on with our day. Good job, Aaron, on the uh, on our campus confidential. It is time to talk to our friend from Rivals. It is Kevin Longquist. We'll talk a little bit about the new contract for Dave Aranda, and we'll also talk about the Baylor uh, uh, games coming up, especially the Baylor men with that game coming up in in, uh, in Lubbock tomorrow night. Kevin Longquist joins us next. Your home for Baylor women's basketball is ESPN Central Texas. A bank in any town USA treats everyone like, well, anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm Josh Tetons, and I'm running to be your district attorney here in McLennan County. I'm a proud graduate of both Baylor University and Baylor Law School. 
a dad, a husband, and a member of Glory Bell Church in Waco. You will always know where I stand on the issues. I oppose defunding the police and support law enforcement. That's why I'm proud to be endorsed by Sheriff Parnell McNamara, the Waco Police Association, and the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County. My 15 years as a criminal defense attorney have given me the experience necessary to protect and defend our cherished Constitution from the radical liberals who want to destroy it. The most important job in my life is being a father of three and a devoted husband. Just like you, I want safer streets for my kids to play on, hardened criminals to be locked up, and drugs to be taken off our streets. It's time we do better. It's time we support law enforcement. I'm Josh Tetons, candidate for McLennan County District Attorney, and I approve this message because it's time for a change. Game time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location. 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. Hey guys, we all give gifts on birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, but have you ever given a gift just because gift? When it's not expected, it means the most coming from you. Since 1979, Morrison Gifts has been Waco's gift store for every occasion. Choose from lines of great gift ideas, including John Hart leather goods, big O key rings, candles, and jewelry, and as always, free gift wrapping and delivery available. Morrison Gifts, a Baylor alumni-owned business at 4308 West Waco Drive, next to Jason's Deli in the Brazos Square Center. Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntexSportsFan.com. Since opening their doors in 1925, Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home has been honored to serve families like yours by providing a range of funeral services. Whether it's a traditional funeral, a graveside service, memorial service, or cremation, they believe every life deserves to be honored in a way that brings peace to families. Five generations of the Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home family have helped tens of thousands of Central Texans celebrate the lives of loved ones. Learn more at whbfamily.com. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetProvidenceCare.com. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Myatt Fuels, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. Thanks to all those great uh, sponsors that we have. And thank you to the uh, Baylor Club, where we got some great events. Baylor Line Foundation, one of our new sponsors, uh, they're they're having their big event, uh, their Hall of Fame 
dinner is going to be at the uh, Baylor Club, and that's coming up. And I'll tell you another man who loves the luxurious nature of the Baylor Club and a guy who loves those panoramic views of McLean Stadium. That would be Kevin Lonquist, my friend and yours from the Rivals Network. And uh, Kevin, um, welcome back to the program. And uh, this uh, Baylor finally makes the formal announcement. It seems like Matt's been at this for a while now. But uh, Dave Aranda will be the head coach until 2029. So I think uh, I think it's a good day for, for Baylor fans, Kevin. Yeah, this was uh, coming since prior to Thanksgiving, I think. It's when it all got started, Matt. And, of course, you know, when you go through a contract negotiation of this length now, uh, that it goes to 2029, there's a lot of things that will probably involve, obviously, a language that with, with attorneys getting involved. And I'm sure tax consultants were being uh, advise on certain elements of that. And so when you put that all together and you want to make sure that it's a relationship that will be, you know, mutually beneficial to both sides, which it has been obviously for the first two years, you want to maintain that and do everything you can. And so why rush it? And we're in that part of the off season, if you will, where you don't need to, you don't need to rush on something like this. You want to make sure that you have all the I's dotted and T's crossed. And with spring football not starting for basically till after uh, Baylor gets back from spring break. I think they obviously knew that they wanted to get this done before it got started. And, of course, it all kind of falls in a month where it's kind of like that no-man's-land period as well. Yeah, and it, all the way through 2029, I was thinking that sounded like one of the longest contracts I've heard <laughs> of for a Baylor football coach. And then I went back at 2013 and realized they did a 10-year deal with Art, and uh, obviously we know he never got to the end of that contract, although he did get right. paid. So it's, um, I, I think, for Aranda. Now, sometimes, uh, Kevin, these figures get out there. Sometimes they don't, especially for a private university. They don't have to put them out there. I've been told Dave Aranda didn't really want it out there because he's just uh, obviously he's about as private as you can be as a head football coach. I, I was looking at some of the other numbers, though, in the conference um, you've got uh, Sark that started at five point two million. You've got mm-hmm. um, you've got uh, Gundy right around five million a year. Obviously, he's been at this for a long time. Venables is starting out at Oklahoma at seven million dollars a year. Now, again, these Baylor is not those schools. Those are state programs we're talking about. But Baylor's always been very competitive when it comes mm-hmm. to paying. What is your sort of educated guess? as to uh, what the number might be for, for Dave Aranda? Educated would probably be somewhere in that five to six range annually is what I would think, That uh, Just typically what the market looks like and, you know, where Dave is at. And I'm sure that there's – and I'm sure that he probably – again, this is all speculation, but my presumption on this is that he probably got some bings uh, because of winning the Big 12 championship and because they won the Sugar Bowl and because they had a top five finish in those polls uh, – so that all entered into it. it. That all entered into it, and so, you know, I think you could actually. I know you and I talked about this. What was it? Maybe about a month or so ago. About where does this Baylor team stand versus all other great Baylor teams in the past? And I think I put the 2014 team ahead of that one. But I mean, it, obviously, what this team accomplished and what the potential would be for the next few years uh, has to give everybody a lot of excitement about what is possible for this thing because. You know, regardless of when Texas and Oklahoma leave for the SEC, 
that Baylor's in a position where it's going to compete. It's going to doesn't mean it's going to win the Big 12 every year, but it's going to be in the conversation year after year. And because of what this contract does is that it's another great recruiting tool for Baylor to sell to, you know, I've already talked to a number of defensive recruits from beyond the borders of Texas who have talked about the fact how well Baylor plays on defense and it attracts a different type of defensive recruit than what I've seen in the previous five years. I think that's going to make a big difference and how Baylor will get some of those. We should point out too, by the way, that Tyler Turner, uh, the defensive back from San Antonio Brennan who committed last month, uh, rivals made him a four star last week. So that's the third four star out of the first 10 that Baylor has for this 2023 class. Interesting. A, a, um, and, and, and Kevin, without getting too deep into the weeds, can you tell us like w- when rivals decides to elevate someone uh, from a three star to a four star, like what, what sort of puts them over the edge on that? And like, who has the ultimate say in that? Do you, uh, do you just call them up and go, you've got this guy too low. Is that how this works? Well, you're kind of right on that, Matt. Basically, actually, uh, our analysts, regional and national, met last week to discuss the 2023 rankings and then putting the first tab on the 2024s. Uh, I made recommendations on several of them of the Baylor 2023 commits that were unranked at the time. I, I'm not going to disclose what exactly what I said, uh, just for the sake of those discussions being as private as they are. But in terms of the process, in terms of guys getting ranked from three to four and the general speaking of how they get elevated, it's got to be that difference maker type of ability or playmaker ability that can just take his game to that other level, which really is kind of a separation from a three-star kid who was a really hard worker, does a lot of great things, uh, a worker bee, if you will. And a, a program really needs that, but then you need that star, that playmaker, that guy who can really just turn the game on a dime. And I think that's probably what the staff saw with Turner and what they see with Justin DeLeon, one of the other four stars, the offensive lineman out of Kingsville. So those are, those are things that will add into it. It's that little oomph, if you will, that makes the difference between the four and the three-star. And then the five-star kids are going to be the ones that are going to, are just going to be, you know, just dripping with talent that can do it all, and it comes naturally easy for them. Talking to Kevin Longquist from Rivals, you see him at Sikkim Sports and uh, does some, some great work there and uh, digging in on a lot of these different uh, Baylor points. So you said there are four four-star players in the 2023 as far as those verbal three. commits there's now? Th- there's, oh, three. There's three of them. Who's the third one? You you elevated Tyler. Who is the third one? Yeah, they they elevated Tyler. Um, they, they elevated Tyler uh, to that last week. Uh, I said Justin DeLeon, uh, the offensive lineman, who was the, who was one of the commits uh, from the twenty. I guess he committed like in August or July of of last year. Yeah, uh, Matt. He was one of the early ones who did that. And then the other one who uh, who committed the other four star. Is going to be well. Austin Novosad got moved up to four. In fact, actually, I can give you a, kind of a breaking news because Austin Novosad was just moved up from three stars to four stars. The quarterback out of Dripping Springs, and then uh, Christian Brathwaite, the uh, linebacker from Sire Ranch, he is uh, a four star as well. So again, a little breaking news that Austin Novosad got moved up to four stars as well. So okay, well that, so that's four. So that's you four right. players. Yeah. Four. So they actually now have four 
players with four stars. So I like this. Let's let's just act like the Novosad thing happened like <laughs> while we were on the air together. I, I think that's I think that? that's good. If it smells good, <laughs> make it sing, right? <laughs> that's right. Uh, talking to Kevin Longquist and Kevin um, Baylor has. Uh, uh, oh, one other thing I wanted you to comment on: Lock Tech was supposed to be that first game. And we've been kind of right. waiting to see what the Bears would, would put in there. We knew it probably wasn't going to be, you know, a, a, a marquee matchup, and that certainly has uh, become the case. Uh, Albany yeah. is an FCS program. I, I don't particularly – I mean, I, I like Albany. In fact, I used to go there. That's where the New York Giants had training camp. I don't think they're, a, you know, even close to a powerhouse at the FCS no. level. But uh, no. but Albany is going to be the team. I mean, at this point, right. yeah. you, you just have to get almost anybody uh, in there. And so Albany will get its day in the sun. They'll get a nice big check, and they'll come to Waco and help us get the season going. Any thoughts on uh, Albany being the pick there? Well, I mean, I heard about this, that they were the team several weeks ago as this was being put, uh, put together. But obviously kind of had to wait on it until it was formally announced. But, you know, I – pretty much told everyone i said look for look for this to be an fcs team because of how baylor again the reason why baylor canceled that series with law tech is because they needed some flexibility with the incoming four big 12 programs with cincinnati byu houston and central florida and so what this did and it was actually kind of geared more toward 2023 because of the game with law tech in 2023 and so what that means is that now they have some flexibility to play with that 2023 game which will give them an extra home game, which will likely be another FCS opponent. Let's be honest here. I mean, when you're trying to put together schedules with somebody uh, on this such a short notice, you're not going to get a home-and-home with a big program. But, you know, keep in mind, Baylor's got some pretty good uh, home-and-home set up in the future with the home-and-homes with what I think you went Utah, and then they've got the one with Oregon, and then they've got the one with Auburn. So they're not going to be struggling for difficult – non-conference opponents in the upcoming seasons. But again, I would look for another FCS team for 2023 as they're working toward that. You know what I would do is go play. Uh, I'd, I'd line up Sam Houston State, and they now have a a, uh, a former uh, kind of a Sam Houston State Hall of Famer type on staff in uh, mm-hmm. Brian Bell, who played quarterback at Sam Houston State. I would, I would bring the, the folks from Huntsville in and play the Bearcats. How do you like that idea? Uh, you know, if they can make it work, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, Sammy Houston over the years has been really solid in FCS play. They've made some deep uh, playoff runs. So, I mean, if you could find a way to make it work, you know, they've, they've done it before by playing Abilene Christian and Stephen F. Austin. Uh, so why not bring another Texas team in uh, from the FCS ranks to see if you can make that work? You know, obviously everyone's going to go with this Albany game on September 3rd going, I don't know anything about this team, and I probably won't know anything about them after the game is over that Saturday night. But that's fine. Again, I have no problem with scheduling like this because your conference season is going to be tough enough. I've always felt like, Matt, that your first game needs to be kind of like your exhibition that counts as a win, like your FCS. Then your second game is against somebody who's pretty solid. It's going to push you like a Texas State who they're going to get. And then your third one is going to be that real challenging one that's going to get you ready for conference play that's going to be equal to your caliber, to your conference mates, which in this case is going to be BYU, who you will start seeing here, obviously, on a year-in, year-out basis. But, you know, things like a a, a non-conference schedule that's structured like that, 
uh, is the way to really put your your conference your OOC together. And I think that's uh, really smart of how Baylor has been doing this over the years. And you know, for years, Matt, we've heard how Baylor was so criticized for playing the softest non-conference schedule. You don't hear that much anymore, thankfully. Yeah, I uh, I I'd like to. Uh... I'd like to get up to the uh, Provo. I really want to make that trip. Thinking about, um, I think it'd be pretty there in September, and so it'll be I, cooler. I think, uh, yeah, I think it'll be really. Uh, I think it'll be nice. So I'm, I'm thinking about making that trip, and uh, and then I've always wanted to see the Mormon uh, Tabernacle Choir, and I'm really hoping to see that group in in person. I don't know how often they get together and perform, but I think uh, I, th- well, I think they, yeah. You think they would did let you ever a Baptist play that in there? I sent you, by the way, on the Carol of the Bells, or did you not play that? Yeah, I did. I did. That's good. That sounded great. The Carol of the Bells okay. from the uh, yes. from the Mormon Tabernacle real, Choir. That was the real stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. They do it. They do a good job, and uh, and I really uh, appreciate appreciate what they bring to the table there from uh, from that particular choir. All right, uh, Kevin. I appreciate you being with us. Always a pleasure, Matt. You take care. Kevin Longquist talking about uh, Baylor, the new coaching, uh, the new contract, as well as uh, the uh, announcement that they will play. They will begin the season against the Great Danes of Albany. All right, it is time now. We'll go to Bristol, Connecticut, and talk to one of the uh, one of the great hosts. I really like this guy a lot, and uh, he's become a friend over the years. Kevin Connors. Sports Center host at ESPN joins us next. It's time now for today's Baylor Sports Beat, your daily dose of green and gold. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's number check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, Big 12 honors for Baylor men's and women's basketball and Baylor softball back in action tonight on the road. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Alan Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. Here's Jordan Lewis driving, passing to Alyssa Smith, who fell down but got back up. She drives right in the lane, drives in on Gray, glasses it in. Nice drive there by Alyssa and a strong finish, and Baylor's back in front, 25-24. to 
Derek Smith with the call, courtesy of the Baylor Sports Network from Learfield. Nalissa Smith named the Big 12 Player of the Week yesterday. The senior forward averaged 26 points, 9.5 rebounds, and shot 61.3% in two wins for the Bears last week. The Baylor women back in action tomorrow night at home in the Farrell Center hosting TCU. Meanwhile, James Akinjo named the Big 12 Men's Newcomer of the Week. He averaged 15 points, 7.5 assists, and 2.5 steals in Baylor wins over Kansas State and Texas. The Baylor men playing at Texas Tech tomorrow night at 8. Baylor softball has their new season off to a 4-0 start, sweeping four games in Natchitoches, Louisiana last week. Now playing tonight in Nacogdoches against Stephen F. Austin, here's softball coach Glenn Moore. How'd you feel coming out of the four-game sweep to open the season? Good. I felt the girls were ready to play and uh, came out, uh, scored eight runs in the first inning, and then we took our foot off the gas pedal after that for that game, but uh, bounced back the next day and uh, got to be happy with four victories, you know, and the uh, uh, level of competition is about to ramp up here, but uh, that was a good start for a very young team. Good. And back at it tonight, Tuesday night, at Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, good Stephen F. Austin team, and, uh, you know, we're traveling. It'll be the first time we've played down there since I've been here at Baylor, and they've been up here a few times, obviously, but, uh, you know, very well-coached team, a team that's uh, – predicted the win their side of the conference with a player of the year and a pitcher of the year on their st- on their uh, roster and, uh, you know, a very good team. And uh, we'll have to be ready and we'll have to play really good ball to compete. Glenn Moore and Baylor softball in action tonight at 6.30 against Stephen F. Austin on the air at 6.15, first pitch at 6.30 on 101.3 FM this evening. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Michael Point. Increasing clouds tonight with a little drizzle and a few sprinkles developing overnight. Lows fall to 57 degrees. It'll be mostly cloudy tomorrow with a 30% chance of showers and a little drizzle, 73. And by tomorrow night, at 80% chance of showers, maybe a thunderstorm or two with a low of 56. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Pro Star Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. Pro Star Rental, they make work easier. Tom Ward and Garrett, weekdays 7 and 9 on ESPN Central Texas. America is at a crossroad, and Texans have answers. The Democratic Party defames law enforcement and defunds police. 
and that's created a nationwide crime crisis. Right now is the time to stand against the Biden-Pelosi tyrannical agenda. They're crushing the rule of law and the Second Amendment. Hello, I'm Congressman Pete Sessions representing the 17th Congressional District of Texas. I will be on your ballot this March 1st as your conservative Republican congressman. I'm a lifetime member of the National Rifle Association and won their endorsement, along with the Texas State Rifle Association. With your help, the Republican Party will regain the majority in Congress and reclaim the rule of law. I'm Pete Sessions, and I approve this message. Political advertisement paid for by Pete Sessions for Congress. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Baylor's Nalissa Smith was named Big 12 Player of the Week. Also, Baylor senior guard James Akinjo was named Big 12 Conference Newcomer of the Week. In the Big 12 last night, Kansas beat Oklahoma State 76-62, and Kansas State beat West Virginia 78-73. Big 12 basketball tonight has number 20 Texas at Oklahoma and Iowa State at TCU. UMHB basketball moves that winning streak to eight games now with a win over Concordia last night, 82-73. Dallas Mavericks back in action tonight at Miami. Tip is at 6.30. And Baylor softball also back in action tonight at Stephen F. Austin. First pitch at 6.30, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, and uh, been a great day, and it was good to talk to Coach Collin, Baylor women's basketball coach earlier. Now excited to talk to longtime friend, and uh, you've seen him on ESPN Sports Center, Kevin Connors joining us uh, now. And Kevin, I I understand that you have been uh, slated to work the fabled Big Twelve tournament in Kansas City. I mean, this is I, I, when I read you on Twitter, it seems like you're more excited about the Atlantic 10 than the Big 12. <laughs> but uh, I am excited that you're going to be in Kansas City. In fact, I've even, as of today, trying to divert my plans a bit and perhaps spend a little time in Kansas City. So, uh, but that's uh, that's very exciting news to know that you'll you'll be joining the Big 12 for uh, I think what'll be a very fun tournament. Listen, Matt, we need to get you. We need to get you to Kansas City. We got to make that happen. And I'm thrilled. I mean, uh, wh- whoever said no along the way and opened up this opportunity for me, uh, I can't thank them <laughs> enough. But uh, listen, I mean, there are few conference tournaments, if any, in college basketball that will have the intrigue of the Big 12, so I can't wait for March. Now, are you on the set tonight? Uh, are, you, uh, are, you like, uh, are you at your like, cubicle, or you probably have a corner office there? Are you yeah. getting ready to do some uh, – some anchoring, or or is this like a rare night off for for Kevin Connors? I'm sort of curious. No, no, no rest for the weary, Matt. No, I'm I'm on. I'll be in the studio with Sean Farnham tonight on ESPN two. We've got Texas Oklahoma yeah. starting the night uh, at seven o'clock Eastern, and then nine o'clock Eastern. We got a good one in the Big Ten, Wisconsin, and Indiana. Big Ten. I mean, coin. Who knows in that conference? But I guess that's true of of so many conferences. To me, Matt, it's like. There are so many good teams this year. It feels like every night you say, wow, there are a lot of good games tonight. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's true in uh, that that Oklahoma game that has some uh, that has my interest a little bit tonight. And uh, you and Farnham, you all do a nice job. Who's that other guy that'll join you every once in a while? Dalen Cuff, I believe it is. And um, and and he uh, they y'all y'all have a really good crew. And then a lot of nights you're with Greenberg and 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 that group. I learned my lesson the hard way with Greenberg one time. I had him on years ago, and I I decided to take a swipe. At Rick Barnes, which is not shocking for anybody that follows me because of my uh, <laughs> disdain for the Texas Longhorns. That's the wrong guy to take a poke at Rick Barnes around. Uh, Coach Greenberg put me in my place quickly, as I deserve to be. But um, it was, uh, it, by the way, Rick Barnes was treated extremely well in his return to Austin. I thought that was a really cool, uh, we've had some cool scenes recently, both at, in Austin and then that deal in um, Lubbock the other night, how great was that? I think you were hosting that night. You were anchoring. That was pretty unbelievable, Kevin. The, uh, the, the, and Baylor has to go there tomorrow night, 8 p.m. I do not like to see the Texas Tech kids have that much time to get prepared for a game. I'm talking about the students more than even the players. That, that was one of the great college basketball scenes we've seen in a while. You know, you, you make a really interesting point, Matt, about uh, uh, Rick Barnes coming back to Texas and the reception he got, in large part because of Chris Beard, and then Chris Beard going back to Texas Tech and a very <laughs> different reception that he got. And guess what? Both are good for college basketball. I'm not talking about the outside the bus, the one thing salute and looking like, you know, the mob with pitchforks and, and torches here. But the atmosphere inside the building in Lubbock, to me, is great. It's, you know, listen. College athletics should be about rivalries. It should be about we don't like you, and we're going to let you know when you come to our building the same way we expect to get it when we go to yours. When it crosses a line, of course, everyone says, hang on a minute. That's not what it's about. But when it, when it is the level of, hey, this is a big game, this is a big return, you gave up on us, and we're going to show you you made a mistake, I'm here for that all the time. I, you know, To me, having, having that, in addition to – welcoming a guy like Rick Barnes back and, and showing appreciation for what he did at Texas, which was a tremendous job. Both of those extremes are really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and, uh, boy, our, our man uh, from the Army, the great player from uh, former Army guard that was, was calling that game, he was very excited about that atmosphere. Talking to Kevin Connors, you see him on ESPN Sports Center. He hosts a lot of their studio shows and does such a great job. Kevin, we're uh, we're uh, hurting in the Baylor Nation because of this uh, Jonathan uh, Chamochachua and uh, this injury. I was there the other day, and it was just uh, really it, it was so bad. It was almost non-contact type in- injuries. It is an ACL. Um, he's a great, great player, great person. You heard Chris Beard talking about it the other day. I thought he showed a lot of empathy and was amazing in some of the things he said. How do you do you look at this Baylor team differently now without Jonathan? And, and what do you think of uh, Baylor's chances of kind of being able to survive this and, and, and bounce back from it? You know, you, you lose a player like that, and it is a, it's a, a tough gut punch, right? Because not only are you losing the point production, I think he's somewhere around nine points a game and, and in the neighborhood of seven, seven rebounds a game, um, but he's an energy guy, and he's a, he's a defensive player, and he's a presence in the paint. And 
those are tough to overcome. Now, now there are a lot of teams in the country that would never be able to overcome that. I think one of the luxuries that Scott Drew has is that the team has depth. Um, and you guys know way better than I do um, how many injuries this team has had to deal with this year. Mm-hmm. So this is a Baylor team that's had to go to players to get them minutes, had to see guys mature quicker than maybe they normally might. I'm thinking of Ken Brown, even though he's a five-star guy. I think he's had to play bigger moments and minutes than, than maybe they thought at first. Can Baylor overcome losing JTT? I, there's no question, but is it is is it a big-time loss? Do you look at them a little bit differently in terms of being able to win a national championship? I mean, you lose a guy who's that important to your rotation. I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah, and, and, uh, and Kevin, they need they – need, uh, when Kansas comes in, I think that game's on February 26th, that's a game they need to – and I'm not even saying they have to win the game, but I'm saying sometimes when there's an ugly, ugly loss, like what happened that uh, old couple of Saturdays ago, that was that was scary bad. You know, that, that, just, that, that one got away from them, so I think that's going to give them opportunity getting Kansas into home. And I think th- this – challenge at tech is going to be really interesting this tech team that mark adams has put together and like anything the big 12 they'll lose some games here and there they're they're not you know you nobody just baylor rolled through the conference last year except for the covid period the year before they kind of rolled through the conference but then kansas got them at the end of the year this year nobody's rolling through here i mean anybody can beat i'm trying to think is there any even kansas state we've kind of thought of kansas state as a gimme over the last couple of years, we thought Iowa State that last year, that's all changed. But I, I, I find this Tech team fascinating because it's it's different than the Beard teams in some of the personnel, but the defensive intensity is still there. I would say if I had to say what's different than a Beard Tech team, I, I there may be more scoring involved on any team that I've seen at Tech since that team that obviously almost won the national title. You're right. I mean, you know, first of all, the job that Mark Adams has done there, uh, you know, similar to Scott. I mean, boy, you go up and down the Big 12. I mean, how many how many tremendous coaches are there? I sit in studio and when we watch Baylor, you know, it's it's I'm amazed at at how well players adapt to the system, to the to the um, to the culture at Baylor Um, and. And and that's true at Texas Tech, obviously. You know, I think Mark Adams has, has retained some of the culture that they had there, obviously, with Chris Beard. You bring in a guy like Bryson Williams. I mean, you know, I I will anytime I talk about Bryson Williams, I'll think about the Kansas game, that that double overtime game where mm-hmm. he dominated that game. You know, I mean, Terrence Shannon, obviously injuries here, but you know, a, what a beast he is! You've got to prepare for Terrence Shannon, McCuller, O'Banner comes in from Oral Roberts, and you're getting a guy who's indoctrinated into the Texas tech culture right away. Um, it's neat to see the identities of teams. They're different. Kansas, Texas tech, Texas, Baylor in the big 12. Um, and just how, how much the coaches get them to adapt to those cultures has been fun. But Texas tech scares me as much as any team in the big 12. I think that they, the way that they can make you play the way that they want to play um, is a weapon that I don't know that there are too many teams in college basketball have. All right, you see what I'm trying to do here. I'm getting you ready for the Big 12 tournament. I mean, we're talking about a lot of these things. I mean, you, 
you're going to nail this thing. It's a great assignment, and uh, I've seen different folks do it over the years. Seems like Doug Stone or somebody like that. Brendan Manzer has been involved. You're going to be right in the middle of that thing. It's a great time. And, uh, by the way, have you spent much time? You're, you're a guy that uh, studied up in the Northeast. Have you, uh, have you been to Kansas City? Have you, uh, have you gotten to know that, that city at all? Never been. You know, I, I am a Northeast guy, went to school, grew up on Long Island, went to school in upstate New York. So getting to cover Big 12 games a couple of years ago when I got to call some, as I did, it was, was my first time to Waco, my first time to to still to Norman. Got to go to Morgantown and Ames. Ames, mm-hmm. coldest day I've ever spent in my life was a March day in Ames, <laughs> Iowa. So uh, it was it was a neat opportunity to get to be a part of Big 12 basketball and to get to do it again in a, another city I've never been to. Um, I'm uh, I'm starting the keto diet right away, so when I get to Kansas City, I can enjoy it. Yeah, don't don't get uh, don't try to. You know, come on there and rank it ahead. You'll lose a lot of your Texas audience if you try to play the KC barbecue up too much. All right, okay. so let's let's not go over the top because Texas really prides itself unbelievable barbecue. But I will try out if I if I make the trip, I'll try out some of that KC barbecue as well. One of the cool things you do is follow the uh, mid majors, and you in fact you have some mid majors rankings that you do. I mean, it's kind of like your answer to whatever the Billis whatever Jay does, you know, his top 50 or something. And, and, um, but, but you're not quite as pompous as, as Jay. And I say that in good, in good fun, uh, you, uh, but I like the way you do it, the way you present it. Uh, UNT is a team I'm very fond of. In fact, my, one of my fraternity brothers, the head coach, Grant McCaslin, one of my Baylor fraternity brothers, what a cool program that way, you know, they beat Purdue last year in the tournament. Is that a team that you see, I'm trying to think where you have them now in your top ten, because uh, I've been kind of monitoring your mid-majors uh, in which teams you really like there. Where do you have the uh, the mean green right now? Poll comes out on Thursday, and all I can tell you is they ain't going to be at number seven for too much longer. They're moving up. Uh, nice. You know, it, it, Matt, the way to put it in perspective is this. North Texas has lost one game since Feast Week. I mean, think about that. Think about how long ago Thanksgiving was, and this team has lost one game since then. And they're not playing in a conference where, you know, you run roughshod and, and, and you're expected to win every game. And CUSA has some, some, some good teams in it. Um, they're playing at a totally different level right now. Um, McCaslin's done a great job. They've got tremendous balance. But obviously the strength of this team is they're allowing the fewest points per game in all of Division One, 55 points per game. Um, the other night they held their opponent, I want to say it was Rice, to 40, I think it was 44 points, if I'm not mistaken, over the weekend. So, you know, look, who wants to play against the style that, that, that's going to make you earn everything for 40 minutes? And that travels in the NCAA tournament. That travels in conference play. When you're playing a second, third, fourth game in as many days, so, sure, I really I, I like this team. CUSA is tough. Uh, UAB is a really good team. Louisiana Tech is a good team. But North Texas is as good as anybody, and uh, I'm just excited that you're talking about the poll and that we're talking mid-major hoops right here. Yeah, we can do that anytime you want, although some of my unsolicited uh, advice to you as far as, like, good stories for your poll, I, I don't feel like maybe they're – I feel like they're falling on deaf ears, but I'll continue to send those along to you. 
uh, for some of the great <laughs> some of the great stories. I think some days you would rather maybe not hear from me quite as much. But uh, by the way, Long Island also the home to my longtime pastor, who went on to be the quarterback at University of Miami. In fact, he was uh, sort of billed as the last no-name quarterback before Jim Kelly got to Miami. But he grew up on Long Island, and his father was a, uh, what do you call that, like a, uh, he was a boat captain. You know, like uh, the, he, the, um, the tow boats or whatever the, that, that would be out there on the island and doing all that out Staten Island. Um, sure, yeah, he yeah. Was, yeah ferry boat, he was yeah. He was a pilot, I guess you would call that. But uh, anyway, so we talk. We, who's are we talking? Vinny Testaverde here? <laughs> no, no. This is uh, his name is George Mason, and uh, he was a uh, he was a good quarterback. Along the time when they had that great running back who ended up with the Giants, O.J. Anderson. That, oh, okay, uh, so it's this pre. Okay, okay. Pre Jim you. Kelly. So we got to go. We're going back to like mid seventies, seventy six. They would have played the Pittsburgh Panthers along that time, and you know who was playing running back for Pittsburgh at the time? It would have been a man named Tony Dorsett. So. Oh yeah, of course. Is, this, yeah, well, Ted Verde is a Long Island guy that went on to play at Miami. So I thought that. I thought that's where we're going there, but. No, but, but yeah, no. The only thing that the uh, Testaverde was definitely not my pastor, but yes, uh, but I did get to know <laughs> Vinny back in the day, and and Romo to this day would tell you that uh, no player had a more significant impact on his career than Vinny. Uh, nice. Now, if we brought up Drew Bledsoe, it'd be a different story. <laughs> I think Drew saw the writing on the wall that Tony was about to replace him, so that relationship wasn't as great. But Vinny was at the end of his career, and um, and and Vinny was uh, amazing. In fact, I you know Vinny then came back. You remember that year he came back with the Panthers, and was still playing into his well into his forties. So anyway, that that I've always was told nobody made more money outside of football than Vinny. Even though I think Vinny might have gone through a divorce, Vinny Vinny knew how to get it done in a in a business sense. And has made a. I, it must be something with Long Island folks. I was going to say we Long Island folks are savvy. You understand that, Matt? <laughs> yeah. The only time you use your Long Island uh, accent is when you say things like uh, "tournament," "tournament," or something like that. <laughs> Everything else you sound. You do not sound northeastern, but you, the tournament thing gives you away. <laughs> it's a strange. I also t- I also call uh, uh, my, my wife tells me the name is Mario, but for New Yorkers it's Mario. So that's another tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just don't 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 show up at the Big Twelve tournament. We can't we can't have any of that. And you you learned right away, I'm sure, to say Baylor. You know, we we have issues with people who like to say Beller, and that is a struggle. That's a struggle for for Baylor fans. But uh, I think you 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 figured that one out quickly back in the day. Listen, uh, that that's an easy one. If that's my biggest challenge, then then we're all good. But I need it. <laughs> of all the assignments that, that you could get, um, you know, listen, the SEC has been great. Big Ten's interesting. Pac-12, good weather. But give me the Big 12. I'm, I'm fired up to get out there, and I'm fired up to see some really good teams. Oklahoma State yeah. is a team. Who wants to play them? So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know. I like how you're bringing the enthusiasm. We all know you'd rather see Murray State and anything that has to do with the A-10, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll accept you into the Big 12. Kevin, it was fun catching up with you. Always love doing it, and uh, hopefully uh, get to see you in Kansas City. Look forward to it, Matt, anytime. Okay, there he goes. Kevin Connors from ESPN.
one of their uh, really good anchors, does a lot of sports center, and is just a tremendous guy and have enjoyed getting to visit with him uh, uh, quite a bit. We, we seem to end up texting uh, a lot during games and that kind of thing. Fun guy. All right, it is uh, the Matt Mosley Show, uh, ESPN Central Texas. It's time for something we call the dismount. That is next. Recently on Game Time, we are joined by Josh Neighbors from the podcast Locked on Big 12. I think Chris Beard is right when he says this is life. This is what happens. Things change. I think the fans are right to be mad at him because there's arguments that Texas Tech is a better basketball situation than Texas is. I think everybody here has a claim that they're right about, and I thought it made for an awesome atmosphere. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House has been delivering savory barbecue and delicious sides. With their two locations in Hewitt and Waco, drive through window, remodeled indoor dining space, delivery options, and new hours, Uncle Dan's is sure to be a Central Texas favorite. Specials include one meat plate with two sides for only $7.09, with beef and rib plates only a dollar more on Mondays. Buy one, get one half off for Texas taters on Tuesday and prime beef brisket on Fridays. Come eat at this family-owned business and feel like you're right at home. It's time to save on the powerfully versatile Kubota M7 tractor with up to 168 horsepower, superior loader lift capacity, and operator-friendly controls and comfort. The hard-working M7. Built right, built ready. Now get the Kubota M7 tractor for zero down and 0% APR for 60 months, plus $8,000 loyalty cash reward. Now through March 31st. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. WC Tractor, now with six convenient locations to serve you. Find us at WCTractor.com. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. 54th District Judge Susan Kelly here. Over a year ago, I survived a rigorous application process in which I competed against other serious qualified candidates. After a thorough vetting, Governor Greg Abbott appointed me to the 54th and now endorses me because I apply the rule of law and deliver justice for all. A conservative Republican, I have managed to move the docket this past year, ensuring that every accused receives justice and if convicted, receives swift and proper punishment. Early voting has started. Please vote and keep Judge Kelly. Political ad paid for by Susan Kelly from McLennan County Judge Campaign. Tickets and sponsorships are now available for the 2022 Texas Sports Hall of Fame Induction Banquet presented by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. The class of 2022 includes Bob Beeman, Chris Bosch, Robert Griffin III, Tony Parker, Carly Patterson, Mike Renfro, Susie Snyder-Eppers, and Stacey Sakura. Meet this year's inductee class on Saturday, March 12th in the base at Extraco Event Center in Waco. To purchase tickets, please visit tshof.org or call 254-756-1633. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Baylor's Nalissa Smith was named Big 12 Player of the Week. Also, Baylor senior guard James Akinjo was named Big 12 Conference Newcomer of the Week. In the Big 12 last night, Kansas beat Oklahoma State 76-62, and Kansas State beat West Virginia 78-73. Big 12 basketball tonight has number 20 Texas at Oklahoma and Iowa State at TCU. UMHB basketball moves that winning streak to eight games now with a win over Concordia last night, 82-73. Dallas Mavericks back in action tonight at Miami. Tip is at 6.30. And Baylor softball also back in action tonight at Stephen F. Austin. First pitch at 6.30, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. 
It's time now for the Dismount on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Dismount. We have to say goodbye. It's been fun. I don't always, uh, you know, we, we have a good time just visiting uh, ourselves, but some days we'll have uh, a really good, we always have great guests on, but today we had three really, really good ones. And uh, Aaron, doesn't that make you now, uh, you see, he, Kevin has such a uh, likable, sort of laid-back, great dude that you may not even always notice him when he, he's anchoring all these college basketball shows. But tonight, Aaron, when you watch, uh, Oklahoma's playing who tonight? Texas? Yes. Or who? Okay. When you watch that on ESPN2 tonight and they go to halftime, Kevin will be anchoring the guy we just talked to. So you'll go, oh, that's the guy we talked to today. But uh, he's a neat guy, and uh, I really like what he does for uh, mid-majors. He has a heart for some of the smaller schools or mid-major type schools. He was a point guard, Aaron, at Ithaca, Ithaca College or Ithaca University, whatever they call Ithaca, Hmm. and was a pretty good point guard there back in the day. Spent a couple of years uh, playing point guard for Ithaca, and uh, Kevin went on, as you might guess, some of their talent seems to show up from the Northeast, since they're up there in the Northeast, and that's where Bristol, Connecticut is. But Kevin is a really uh, good, just kind of understated guy at ESPN. Now, earlier today, we were, had Kevin Longquist on, and I liked one thing Kevin said, and it was kind of some a little bit of breaking news, I think. And Kevin said, I think that we could go ahead and put this out there, uh, Aaron, that R- Rivals has now moved the 2023 commit the quarterback, Austin Novosad, Novosad, into its top 250 players. And I think I think Kevin was referring to him as a four-star. So we were trying, we were kind of deciding how many four-stars they had. There was another player in that group, first name is Tyler, that's already committed that 2023 class. I mean, they're starting to put a pretty good group together. They got 14 commits already for uh, – the uh, 2023 class, I think the last thing I saw, they were maybe number 14 in the country. But they've, they've had several players, at least Novosad and uh, also Tyler. I don't have his name in front of me right now, Aaron. is also been uh, elevated to four-star. So that's great news for people that follow Baylor recruiting. And uh, that's excellent, excellent stuff going on as the Bears continue to, uh, I think, get some benefit out of winning that Big 12 title. Now, I was reading something today, since we're on this topic, Aaron, that like I, it, this had to do with Tennessee, the balls of Tennessee. It was a story by our friend David Ubbin from The Athletic. And they were talking about like the some of these sports collective agencies, basically. And so there, there, there are now businesses out there, and, and they are in charge of fundraising. And there are, I think, some of these different recruiting classes. Of course, I know uh, Jimbo wanted to act like they hadn't done this. But basically, they're being pretty open about the fact that some of these universities, one recruiting class costs about $10 million. Now, will Baylor ever do that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But they said by the end of 2022, every Power Five conference, every t- every team in Power Five will have what's called a collective. And that is a 
that's run by somebody and they go out there and they put a huge amount of fundraising together and that's that's what nil is becoming now maybe ncaa or congress will do something to change the rules on nil but for now this is what's going to happen and this this one guy that was being quoted that's helping the university of tennessee get better and better um, although they don't really seem to be getting better and better. But as far as fundraising, he said the goal for next year of the collective for the 2023 class of recruits is to have $25 million. I mean, think about that, Aaron. There are places that name, like I was just talking about Albany, okay? 2013, they renamed their football stadium for a gift that somebody gave of $10 million. Of course, Albany's an FCS, a smaller school. But again, that was a $10 million gift, got the name on the stadium. They are now talking about each of these recruiting classes costing at least $25 million. At least that's what Tennessee is hoping they can do. And Tennessee, if you look at their recruiting class recently, it seems to be working pretty well they got seven of the nine people this collective went after all right tomorrow's wednesday we got a lot of stuff already lined up and we will talk to you tomorrow at four o'clock everybody have a wonderful evening we'll see you tomorrow this is the spectrum big 12 shoot around a daily look inside big 12 conference basketball now here's the voice of the bears my name's Tom Jack of Big 12 Basketball and today's Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround. Coming up, two games final in the Big 12 from last night. Two more coming up this evening, including 